Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Now go with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I'm going to pick up where we left off last week, you know, as we celebrated Resurrection Sunday, and we did a message titled, Rise Up. And a lot of things we looked at in last week's message was concerning being a new creature or new creation in Christ Jesus. And as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, I'm completely convinced that if you do not see yourself correctly, you will live below your privilege. That if you, when you look in the mirror in the morning, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Because I'm absolutely convinced that if you look in the mirror and you do not see yourself as God sees you, and if you do not see yourself as the word of God says you are, you will live below your privilege. You will live below what Jesus died for and what Jesus was raised for you to be. You must see yourself as God sees you. You must see yourself as the word says you are. So that's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to adjust our vision. We're going to make sure that when we look in the mirror, we see who God says we are. So that's what we're going to do in this series called What Do You See? And you're going to have to let the word hit you wherever it hits you and be honest. That if you don't see yourself the way the word says you are, you have to adjust it. Don't hold on to old religious notions, old bad thinking paradigm. You need to shift and see yourself the way God sees you. And so, John chapter 1, verse 12. Today we're going to focus on seeing ourselves as children of God. Seeing ourselves as children of God. Now you might say, oh, pastor, we're all God's children. Well, that's a nice thing to say. That's very religious to say. That's very politically correct to say, but that's not what the Bible says. That's not even what Jesus taught. We are not all the children of God. You might say, well, pastor, that's true, but that's the Bible. We are not all the children of God. We're all created by God, sure. We're made in his image and likeness. We're just all descendants of Adam. There's a whole bunch of things we can say. We're all loved by God, all created by God. All, you know, God wants all of us to be blessed. But not all of us are the children of God. Jesus didn't teach it, and the Gospels do not teach it. But we're going to learn today how to see ourselves as the children of God. And if you're not a child of God, today you'll have the opportunity to become a child of God and watch your life transform forever. So John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, to them, who? Those who received him, him being Jesus. To them gave he the power, the right, the word there, power, means the right or the privilege or the authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So those who are the children of God, those who are the sons of God, are those who have received Jesus, those who believe on his name and his authority and his character. They were born not of blood. 
not by the will of people, not by the will of the flesh, but they were born of God. Go with me to Titus chapter 3. Born of God, the right to be the children of God. We need to see ourselves as the children of God. First Peter, I mean, excuse me, let's go to Titus first. Titus chapter 3. See, how you see yourself will affect how you pray. It'll affect how you believe. It'll affect how you live. Titus chapter 3. Let's look at it. says, Titus chapter 3, verse 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to read that to you in a few other translations. First, we're going to look at in the New Living Translation. It says here that when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. A new life and a new birth. The Amplified Classic Edition says he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but because of his own pity and mercy by the cleansing bath of the new birth, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So we are born of God. What happened when we were born again, as we talked about last week, when we became a new creation? We were regenerated. Say, I have been regenerated. That word regenerate means to be reborn and to be reformed. That you're not the person, if you're born again, you're not the person you used to be. That old nature, that old man, how you were, was done away with. It was struck down, it was killed, it was destroyed. And you were born again, you were regenerated. As we looked at last week, all things of your spirit were made new. You are a tripart being. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's a very controlled center of your emotions. And you live in this physical body. You are not your body. You are not your soul. You are a spirit. And when you're born again, your spirit is reborn or regenerated and reformed. And everything of your new spirit, your born again spirit, comes straight from God. Say, I am regenerated. I have been reborn. Now go with me again to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to see ourselves as the children of God. Because if you do not see yourselves as God sees you, you will live below your privilege. And I'll prove that to you in today's message. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again, being reborn, being regenerated, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Verse 25, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So the word that endures forever, we see mentioned in verse 25, 
That same word is the seed you were born again by. As we talked about last week, and we looked at the example, you know, we, my wife and I, we planted a garden in the back, and our four-year-old was helping us, and we said a seed always produces after its own kind. And so we were putting a seed in the ground, and we're saying we're planting a sunflower seed. So what seed are we going to get? And she asked tomatoes, and she answered green beans. She said, no, if it's a sunflower seed, so what is it going to produce? She said, oh, a flower. And the thing is, it's cute. It's teaching a four-year-old how things work outside, but many Christians have the same mentality. They have the same thinking, that just because they were born of the seeds of the Word of God, they're some lesser creature. That they don't see themselves as a child of God. They see themselves as any other thing. They know they're going to heaven, but they don't see themselves really as a child of God, born again of the same seed of the Word. And Jesus is the Word. They don't see themselves as the same substance of the Son of God. They see themselves as some far lower creature when the Bible does not teach that. You were born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God that endures forever. Right now, you are more than you've ever given yourself credit for. Because it's not yourself you should give credit to. It's the God of glory who calls you to be born again by His Word. You have been regenerated. You have been reborn. You have a brand new spirit and the image and likeness of God. You are born again by the Word of God that endures forever. You have been born again. Say, I have been born again. Now go with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 1, whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Anybody believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he's anointed, that he's the Messiah? If you believe that, you've been born of God. And everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that's begotten of him. By this we know we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes or conquers the world. This word for overcome and conquer means you continually overcome. You continually conquer. You're continually having the victory. You're continually winning. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you believe Jesus is the Son of God, you've been born of God. God. You have been born again. You are a child of the Most High God. Now go with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. You might say, Pastor, I know those scriptures. I know I'm a child of God. I want to make it so clear and so prevalent that by the time this broadcast is over, you see yourself as a child of God and it affects how you look at everything in your life. Because some of you see yourself a child of God and it affects how you go to church. It affects by what denomination you call yourself. It affects that you call yourself a Christian. That is the limit of how you see yourself as a child of God. But if we look at ourselves correctly in the mirror of the Word of God and begin to see ourselves as God sees us, it will change how we act. It will change how we live. It'll change how we believe. It'll change how we walk. It'll change how we talk. It'll change how we fulfill what God has called us to do. We can't live below the level of privilege Jesus died to give us and he was raised to give us. 
We have to live as who God says we are. So we have to see ourselves as God says we are. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You have to see yourself as a child of the Most High God, born of God, regenerated by the seed of the Word of God. Within your spirit is the same DNA that God has, and you have to see yourself that way. Now, a lot of people have been taught wrong. They've been taught there's some old sinner saved by grace. There's so low, some lowly worm, so vile and wretched and full of sin. That is not scriptural. You are not full of sin. You are not vile and wretched. If you are, you got to get born again. If you're born again, you're not full of sin. You're not vile. You're not wretched. You're not some old sinner saved by grace. You've been born again. You've been saved by grace. So you need to see yourself as the Bible says you are, not some old unbelieving song full of unbelief and unscriptural references. You need to see yourself as born again, as a child of the most high God. Because if you don't see yourself that way, you will live below your privilege. You'll live before what redemption you live below what redemption purchased for you. John chapter 3, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with them. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I tell you the truth, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, or I tell you the truth, man. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listens, and you can hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it comes and where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Jesus said, you must be born again. If you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want the kingdom of God to manifest in your life, you must be born again. And one of the things that's interesting, how it is phrased here in John 3 when it says born again, it's also translated as born from above. Born from above. Galatians also echoes this language when it talks about Jerusalem above, the heavenly Jerusalem above. You've been born from above. You've been born again and born from above. Heaven is your eternal home, and you've been born again with the same power that flows throughout heaven. It's in your spirit right now. You've been born from above. You are seated with Jesus. Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2 tells us, at the right hand of the Father, right now, you've been born again. You've been born from above. So, you've been born of God, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You've been born from above. So, this should change your mentality. You shouldn't expect just to get through life. Oh, man, I just need to get through this time. I just need to get through this time, this quarantine, this shutdown, COVID-19. I just need to make it. I just need to make it. Yes, you do need to make it. Yes, you do need to get through, but don't limit yourself to that. I'm not belittling what you've been through. 
I'm not belittling what's going on in your job or economic uncertainty that might be in your life. Or if you've contracted the virus or things going on in life, I'm not making light of whatever you're facing today. I'm not making it as something that's not something that's happened to you. Yes, this may be what you're facing, but if you're born of God, you overcome it. If you're born of God, you're destined to beat it. And so instead of seeing your problem as big, see your God as bigger than your problem and whom your God has made you bigger than what you're facing. If you're born of God, you overcome, you conquer, and you have the victory over anything that comes against you. If you are born of God, you have been born again to win. You were born to win. Just because of how you were born, you should expect victory. You were born to beat coronavirus. You were born to beat COVID-19. You were born to beat economic uncertainty. You were born to beat every situation, every trial, every tribulation, every circumstance. You were born again to beat it. Within you right now is everything you need to beat whatever's facing in front of you. Because greater is he who is in you than he who's in the world. Whom God has made you is greater than anything you're facing because you've been born again. You've been born from above. You're supposed to win because of how you've been born. You know, some people say, you know, I have, the un I have unfair things happening in my life because of how I was born. That could be true. So get born again. As we talked about last week, because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, you know, Galatians says you have the advantage. So never call yourself disadvantaged ever again. Because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, you have the advantage. So say it with me again. Say, I have the advantage because I have been born again. Now go with me to Romans chapter 8. You've been born, from, born of God. You've been born again. You must see yourself as a child of God. You have been regenerated. You have been reborn. You have been reformed. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness or gives evidence to our spirit that we are the children of God. So let's break this down a little bit more. Let's start with verse 15. So what happened when you were born again? You did not receive the spirit of bondage or the spirit of slavery to fear. You were not born to fear. You were not born again to fear. You're not born again to slavery. You are a child of God. You're no longer a slave to fear. You are a child of God. But notice what it says here. You have received the spirit of adoption. You've been adopted. Another way you can say you received the spirit of sonship. Not only have you been regenerated, you've been adopted. You've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and the family of darkness and translated to the kingdom of the son of his love. 
You've been adopted into the family of God. God picked you. You've been chosen. You've been born again. And you've been adopted. And because you receive the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of his son, because you receive that spirit, you can cry, Abba, Father. It's an intimate way of saying, I have a father. I have a daddy. That you've been born again into a family with a heavenly father who loves you. That what happened in your spirit that you can cry out, I've got a dad. I've got a daddy. I've got a heavenly father who loves me. Now notice what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life right now. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness or gives evidence to your spirit, the new you, the born again you on the inside, that you are the children of God. So all the time the Holy Spirit is giving evidence to your spirit, to your heart, that you are the child of God, that you've been born of God. All the time the Holy Spirit is trying to get you to see that you are the child of God, that you've been born of God, that you have the spirit of adoption, that you haven't been, you haven't received the spirit of slavery. You've received the spirit of sonship. We have been adopted. We have been regenerated. We'll work our way back to Romans 8 in a moment. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. If you do not see yourself the way God sees you, you will live below your privilege. And you'll live below the station that you have, that Jesus died for and was raised for you to have. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth a son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So once again, you see it again, that the Holy Spirit came in your heart so you can cry out, Abba, Father, I've got a daddy. I've got a heavenly father. I am a child of God. The Holy Spirit is working in your heart to get you to understand you have a heavenly father that loves you and you are his child. You've been adopted. You have been regenerated. You have been born of God. Wherefore, you are no more a servant. That word servant also means slave. You're not a servant any longer. You're not a slave any longer. You are a son. And if you are a son, then you are an heir of God through So do you know what happens if you don't see yourself as a child of God, as a son of God, as a daughter of God? Do you know what happens? You'll see yourself as a slave. You'll see yourself as a servant. And you'll live below your privilege. You'll expect the benefits of a servant instead of the benefits of a son. You'll begin to pray like a servant, believe like a servant, think like a servant, and think you'll just be rewarded as a servant. Yes, we are to serve God and serve others, but we're supposed to serve God and others as we are a child of God, not as a slave of God. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. You are a child of God. Well, pastor, don't, aren't we going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant? Yeah, but it's not because we're a slave. It's because we are so grateful to be a child of God. We've made a decision to serve following the example of Jesus, who although he was a son of God, he served us all. And although we are sons and daughters of God, we choose to serve God and to serve our fellow man because we are the children of the Most High God. 
when you are born again, as I paraphrased the quote I shared last week from John G. Lake, when you are born again at once, you became children of God, servants of man, and masters of the devil. You are the child of God. You've been born of God. And you have to see yourself that way. Matthew chapter 6. You know, a verse that's familiar to a lot of us. Matthew chapter 6. We'll look at verse 31. But I want you to look at it from the light of being a child of God. Because when you go all throughout Matthew 6, you see Jesus emphasizing certain things. But he says all throughout this chapter, your father, which is in heaven, your father, your father, your father, your father, your heavenly father, your father, our father, your father, your father. This is still one sermon. This is not multiple sermons put together. This is still one sermon for Jesus. And he's emphasizing again and again, your father, our father, your heavenly father. He's driving home a point. So when we get to verse 31, it says, therefore, take no thought. Remember, we've taught on this before. That phrase means do not worry. Do not be full of care. Do not be full of anxiety. So you can read it. Don't be anxious about what you're going to eat. Don't be anxious about what you're going to drink. Don't be anxious about what you're going to wear by implication. Don't be anxious where you're going to live. For after all these things, these are physical material things, do the Gentiles seek. Who are the Gentiles? People who do not have a covenant with God. But notice the contrast, not just as people who don't have a covenant with God. Notice the contrast Jesus paints right here for your heavenly father. Notice the emphasis. He didn't just say my heavenly father, my father. Notice the emphasis, your heavenly father, your father knows that you have need of all these things. Your father knows it. So here's what you do. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Why? You got a father who already knows you need it. You got a father who you have a covenant with. You have a father who is going to reward you, as you see all throughout Matthew chapter 6. So take no thought. Don't be full of anxiety. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be full of anxiety. Don't take on the care, the anxiety, and the stress, and the pressure, and the depression of the world. Why? You have a heavenly father that loves you, that always takes care of you in grand style. See yourself as a child of God, not just as a servant trying to please God. You are a child of God whom God loves, so you serve him because you love him. Now go with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. You need to see yourself as a child of God. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. You know, you're a child of God. I got three kids. I got three girls. No. They don't have to come to me and beg, oh, can I have something from the refrigerator? Oh, can I have some water? Can I have some this? Can I have this? Oh, Father, can you give this to me? They don't do that. If they have to ask me to get something because they're not tall enough to get it, I'll get it. But they can go and get it any time. Why? I'm their father. I've already provided it for them. It's theirs. They don't have to complain and beg and fall on their knees. Oh, if you'll just feed me today. 
oh, if you just turn on the air today, oh, if you just, no, it's theirs because I'm their father. They're my children. It's my joy to provide for them, to give them what they need. And not just what they need, even the desires of their heart. Think about you parents, just as a natural parent. Yes, you know you want to give them what they need, but as a parent, you also give them, you want to give them things they like. Think about what you buy for them for birthdays and Christmas and holidays and how you just get things because you know that you can see that smile on their face. You know, even if it's just that toy only lasts for a couple days, you remember the joy they had it because of something they wanted. And you have that joy in your heart because you're a parent. Do we really think our Heavenly Father is any less of a parent? Is any less of a dad? That, you know, even Jesus used the example, if you being natural humans know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to, him, to those who ask Him? You know, I'm grown. I'm in my 30s. But still right now, if you weren't under this lockdown situation, I can go to my parents' house and eat whatever is in that refrigerator. Why? I'm still their child, even though I'm grown. I can go hang out at the house. Why? They're my parents. It doesn't matter how old I get. I am still their son. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved, Christian. It doesn't matter how long you've been at this faith walk. You are still the child of God. You're still a son or daughter of God. And you have rights just because of how you were born. And see, Luke chapter 15 Verse 11, we usually call it the parable of the prodigal son. But there's so much more in it that I want you to see. And he said a certain man had two sons. How many sons? Go ahead and comment below. Did he have one son or two sons? We focus on one, but how many sons does he have? Two, right? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods, my inheritance, that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. No, let's pause. Not a trick question. How many sons got their inheritance that day? One or two? Go ahead, comment below if you're a place where you can comment. How many sons got their inheritance that day? One or two? It says he divided unto them his living. He gave both sons their huge inheritance that day. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far, far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want, he began to be in lack. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. So we feed this, it's like, oh, he got a job, you know, taking care of pigs. But you have to remember the audience, Jesus is a master storyteller. And remember the audience he's talking to is mainly Jewish. So imagine the reaction of the people he's talking to, that there's this privileged Jewish man. He's a rich man. He comes from privilege. He comes from riches. He goes to live in another country, the country of the Gentiles, the country of people who don't have a covenant with God. He runs out of all his money. A family becomes being in land. Nobody will be a blessing to him. Nobody will help him. No one will take care of him. And so he goes and be, joins himself to a Gentile who doesn't have a covenant, and to take up whatever lowly job he has for him, like a servant. And what does the Gentiles send him to do? To take care of pigs. And remember, pigs are unclean in the Jewish mind. You 
don't touch pigs. You don't even eat pigs, but you don't even get around them. But now you have to go feed the pigs. Imagine how far this man has fallen. Because it says he wanted to fill his belly. He was so hungry. He wanted to eat the food the pigs were eating because nobody gave him anything to eat and nobody gave anything to him. And so he's out there with the pigs, out there in the mud, out there in an unclean situation. He's wasted all his money. He's living in a position beneath his privilege, beneath with how he was raised to be, beneath, beneath how he was born to be, beneath into the privilege he was born to. When he came to himself, thank God, he said, how many hired servants, how many employees of my father have more than enough food, more than enough bread, they have more than enough they can spare, and I'm dying with hunger. I'm starving. And people who are employees, hired servants in my father's house have more than enough. They're living the good life. So I will get up and go to my father. He's practicing. Here's what I'm going to say. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. So he says, look, I blew this something. There's no more I can be a son, but at least I can be a servant and get my needs taken care of and have more than enough. At least if I'm a servant, I'm taken care of. There's no way that something's going to work out for me any longer. I blew it up. I did too many bad things, but at least I can come and to be, my, be my father's servant. And he rose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You know, one of the things that's beautiful about this, that the father was watching from way off, saw him, came and embraced him with open arms. Now you got to imagine how dirty, how smelly, how stinky, how degraded this man has been because of what he's been doing, what he's been around, all the pigs. But that didn't stop the father from embracing him, from loving him, from kissing him. And the son said to his father, remember he practiced a speech, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no more worthy to be called your son. And he stops right there. Notice, he didn't get the rest. Remember, he was going to say, now make me a servant. He didn't get the chance to finish it. Look where he stopped. Father, I have sinned against heaven and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Stop. But the father interrupted him and said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Now you might say, no, he should clean him up. He should make him sit down for five years before he brings him back. No, give him right now the best robe. Give him a new robe. Give him a new robe of righteousness, as if it were. And put a ring on his hand. Now, the ring, it's almost like the unlimited credit card, the black card that is backed up by the father's bank account. He's lost everything. He says, now give him my signet ring so whatever he needs, he can have. 
and put some shoes on his feet and bring here the fatted calf and kill it. Now, you might say, oh, cool. They're about to have a barbecue. That's great. Once again, remember the audience Jesus is talking to. Why do they have a fatted calf? Now, if the families can afford it in Israel, all of them would keep at least one fatted calf. Because according to Jewish tradition and custom, when God and those two angels were walking by Abraham's house and they stopped by and Sarah prepared a meal and they killed the fatted calf, for Jewish history, they would always try to keep one fatted calf just in case God came by. So notice the beauty of Jesus' storytelling. What was reserved for God's visitation? Jesus, the Son of God, said, give it to the child that just came back home. Notice how powerful restoration is and rededication. You may be a person, and we'll pray for you in a moment, that you're far away from God. And you're thinking, there's no way I can come back to God. There's no way I can be called a child of God again. But this story says, yeah, yes, you can. This story is about you, that you can come back today, be embraced by God today. He'll treat you like it never happened. And then he'll celebrate that you'll be back. Because it says, let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. They began to celebrate. They began to rejoice. They threw a party. Now his elder son, now remember him. We haven't talked about him for a long time. His elder son, remember he had the inheritance, right? Because he gave inheritance to both sons. So this son is living in his father's house and working in his father's house, but already has his inheritance. So he's working out in the field. And he came and drew near to the house and heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he says, your brother has come. Your father has killed for him the fatted calf. You know, that calf we reserved just in case God comes by. He took the fatted calf and he gave it to your brother. Because he has received him safe and sound. And the older son was angry and would not go inside the house. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And said, hey, lo, this is what the son said. All these many years I've served you. Neither have I transgressed at any time your commandment. And yet you never gave me a little baby goat. You never gave me a kid goat that I might have a party with my friends. But as soon as your son who came back, who's been living with harlots, he wasted all of his money with harlots, and you killed for him the fatted calf that we reserved for God, you've not given me anything. Whoa, that's wrong. Pause. He gave them both everything. And notice what he says. Son, you are always with me. All that I have is yours. It was me. It was good that we should make merry and be glad. For this, your brother was dead, is alive again, and was lost, and is found. But notice this other son that we happen to overlook. Because although he's a child, although he's a son, although he already has his inheritance, although he's living with his father, he's still acting like he's a servant. He's still living like he's a servant. Although he never left, although he did all the right requirements, people will look at him and find, look, that's a good Christian. That's a holy person. He was living below his privilege because he was living like a servant. Although he already had an inheritance, know what the father said, everything I have is yours. You're always with me. What's mine is yours. That's what your heavenly father says. What's mine 
is yours. You're with me. Everything I have is yours. I've already given you your inheritance. Both children, not just the prodigal son who ran away, both sons live beneath their privilege. Both sons live beneath how they were born. One, because his desires got off kilter and he went the wrong way, and the other, for whatever reason, saw himself only as a servant. My question to you today, watching wherever you're watching from, are you living below your privilege because you only see yourself as a servant? That you don't see yourself as a child of God, knowing that God gave you everything. It says it throughout the Scripture multiple places. God gave you everything, everything he has. He gave it to you. We did a whole series this year. I encourage you to look at it on the Faith Plus app called Heirs. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. He gave you everything, and he gave you his inheritance. But you have to see yourself as a child of God. Don't just think, oh, I've done too many bad things. No. Oh, I have to do this to please God. I have to keep all these commandments. Yes, keep the commandments. Yes, do what the Bible tells you to do. Yes, keep the command of love. Yes, follow the instructions of Scripture. But don't do it as a servant. Do it as a son. Do it as a daughter. Do it as a child of God. Just living to please your Father who loves you. Don't be live below your station in life because you don't see yourself as a child of God. Now go back with me to Romans 8. Don't be the prodigal son and don't be the older brother who stayed home. See yourself as a child of God. You know, that older son said, you didn't give me even a baby goat, a kid goat for me to have a party with my friends. And the Father says, everything I have is yours. So this leads me to believe and know that if you don't see yourself correctly, you'll pray incorrectly or you'll pray on a low level. You won't ask God for big things. You won't believe for big things. You won't go get things that God has already provided for you through the sacrifice of Jesus because you'll see yourself as servants. Like, oh, no, I haven't lived long enough before God to get that yet. Oh, and I haven't lived holy enough to get that yet. I'll, I'll leave that there. You have to see yourself as a child of God. That when you pray, you're not some lowly servant that's unworthy. When you pray, you are a child of God. Coming before the throne of grace, you receive grace and mercy and help to your time of need. You are a child who can come into the presence of his heavenly Father and sit down at his right hand and make your request. Not from some unworthy position, but from the position of being a child of God. So here's some of the things I want you to work on this week. When you pray, see yourself as a child of God. See yourself as born of God. Think about that although you, we have kings today and rulers today, you know, people come into their presence in different ways, but think about how their children come into their presence. You know, there's an old saying that the only person who would dare ask a king for a cup of water is their child. Why? Simply because he's their child. The only person who would dare to wake a king up at midnight to ask for a cup of water is his child. Your heavenly father loves you. You've been adopted. You've been regenerated. You've been born again. You need to see yourself as a child of God. That is your identity. Once again, Romans 8, 14. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, the spirit of slavery again, the spirit of servitude again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, I have a daddy, I have a father. The Spirit himself bears witness and gives evidence to our heart that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Skip down to verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole world is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Now, when we look at this phrase, children of God and sons of God, we know that we're born of God. But there's a difference when we look at verse 14 and verse 19. The whole world is waiting for a group of people who know they are the children of God, who can cry out, Abba, Father, I got a daddy. But a whole group of people who know they're the children of God and are led by the Spirit of God. The world is waiting to see that group because what happens when that group is revealed, they can handle all the problems that end the world because they know their Heavenly Father and they're led by His Spirit. The whole world is waiting for you to act like the child of God you are. You know, one of the things we saw in Galatians 4, there's some maturity that has to be grown, done. For maturity, we have to grow up in so we can walk. And the fullness has already been made available for us so that we can make a difference in the world around us. So we have to grow in the revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. We have to be able to look in the mirror and say, when I look in the mirror, what do I see? I see a child of God. I see a son of God. I see a daughter of God. Whoever you are, you need to say, yep, when I look in the mirror, I see myself as a child of God. Go ahead and type it wherever you watch. Say, I am a child of God. Now I want you to type this. Say, I'm going to pray like a child of God. Now post this. Say, I'm going to believe like a child of God. I am a child of God, I'm going to pray like a child of God, and I'm going to believe like a child of God. What is that putting the emphasis on? I have a heavenly father that loves me, that takes care of me, that protects me, that looks after me. I've been born of God. I've been born again. I've been born again to win. And all those who are born of God conquer the world. The children of God conquer the world, its ways, and every problem and situation that can come their way. Say, I've been born again to win. Now go to 1 John 3 as we close. 1 John chapter 3. You are a child of God. And in this series, we'll keep looking at who God says you are. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. What manner of love, this amazing overflowing love. Therefore the world knows us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So there's even more for you in the future. But right now, you're the sons of God. You're the children of the Most High God. You've been born of God. 
born after the same spiritual DNA of God himself, born again from the incorruptible seed of the word of God that endures forever, born from above. Everything about your spirit was made new. You're regenerated. Everything in your spirit was made new. You are a child of the Most High God. You've been regenerated. You've been adopted. You've been born again. You need to think like it. You need to talk like it. You need to act like it. You need to believe like it and see yourself as a child of God. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.